This is Movie Hopping for Thursday, July 26, 2018, and across the table from me, God damn it, Charlie! <laughs> it's Adam Hall. That's right. Adam, what's up? How you doing, Nico? I'm doing, man. Listen, I've been better, but I've been worse. Okay. okay? I mean, I've been better, but I also, like, I'm not Charlie. <sighs> Don't we all just want to be Charlie at the end of the day? <laughs> no, none of us want to be Charlie. Aww. Nobody. I thought that I thought that was the, the moral of the film. At the well, end of the yeah, day. you might want to be king, uh, but uh, <laughs> you don't want to go through what Charlie had to go through to be king. We're going to talk about Hereditary today. It's a horror movie that people seem to either love or despise. And for the life of me, I don't know why that would be. Me neither. What the fuck? Come on, guys. But first, we're going to play a game. Oh, God. Okay. So here's the deal. We haven't done this podcast in a month. Yeah. I've seen many movies. Okay. You've seen no movies. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I've All seen, right? I've seen no movies. So we're going to play a little dealer's choice. Mm. A little lightning round. I'm going to give you like, what, maybe seven or eight movies that I've seen recently. Oh, Jesus. You pick out three that you want to hear my take on. Okay. All right? Here they are. Uh, where do I want to start here? Let's go with Atomic Blonde, mm. American Made. Mm. Sicario, Day of the Soldado, okay, Ant Man and the Wasp, Game Night, and Tully. What do you want to hear? I only want to hear your opinion for two movies. Well, give me three. God damn it! I, 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 but I know your opinion for Ant Man, so I don't give a shit about Ant Man. Okay, um, neither did I. By the way, okay, that's my okay. opinion. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, well, Tully was one. Uh, Sicario was the other one. And what? What's another? Uh, exclude those two and Ant Man. What are the other ones? You got Game Night, you got uh, Atomic Blonde, and American Made. Game Night. <laughs> <laughs> I'll start with Game Night, because you seem uh, not so enthusiastic about it. Yeah. Not fucking bad. Ah, okay. Not bad. Like, a surprise comedy with, like, an insanely good cast. Like, if you just pitched the idea to a bunch of stars, you wouldn't think that all of them would sign on, but they did. It looks like, when I saw the trailers for it, that it was, like, really well shot for a comedy, which was weird. And it is. There's one, like, single take that is surprisingly out of place, but in a good way. Okay. It's like, why is this slapstick comedy trying to be Scorsese in a nightclub right now? (laughs) All right. (laughs) Interesting. They, uh... It's uh, it's uh, it's Jason Bateman, it's Rachel McAdams, Kyle Chandler, Jesse Plemons, yeah. and uh, Michael C. Hall pops up at the end too. Uh, Jesse Plemons steals every scene he's in. Okay, like he's so fucking good, and he seems to be in everything now. He was also in American Made, which I just watched in kind of a thankless role. Uh, okay. That dude should be like a massive star, and he is so he sort of the the plot is Jason Bateman, Rachel McAdams. They love playing games, and they love hosting game night. And one of their friends got divorced, and that ex husband is played by Jesse Plemons, and he keeps trying to poke his head into their game night, but they never invite him. Right. And he's just very creepy, and and he's an outsider, and and there's a twist at the end that's kind of funny. Uh, but he's really really good, and uh, it's it's fun. It's really fun. All right. It's well written. I highly recommend that one. Uh, you want to hear about Sicario? Yeah, sure. Um, I'll see. Now that one I will see eventually. I yeah, promise. But can you see it, please? Yeah. I don't know why everybody has a stick up their ass about Sicario too. Do we need Sicario too? We didn't. But I hate that question. I know, but you ask that question constantly. You yourself ask that question. You asked it about Sicario. Here's the thing, though, man. I'm sure it's fantastic. I didn't know the answer until I saw Sicario too. I didn't know the answer. Then I saw Sicario, and I'm like, yeah. (laughs) We need, like, five of these. (laughs) It's that good, huh? The internet's hating on Sicario 2, and the sort of half-assed reasons that I keep hearing over and over again are, there's no Emily Blunt character, so there's no moral center to this story, Mm. and... Denny Villeneuve's not directing it, so therefore it's automatically worse than the first one. (laughs) And I just find both of those reasons to be stupid. Yeah, they are stupid. It's like the new director does a hell of a good job. He's like an Italian TV director. He directed like that show Gamora, which uh, is spectacular. It's on Netflix. I've seen a couple episodes of it. Uh, 
he does a hell of a good job. It's tense. It's well written. Taylor Sheridan's back. I know. Writing the mm-hmm. script. And okay, you don't have an Emily Blunt character holding your hand through the whole story, telling you exactly how to feel at every moment. But man, it's a novel concept making the audience do the work for themselves and coming to their own conclusions about these characters. Yep. You know? And we get Benicio back, don't we? Benicio's great. Brolin's great. Okay. It's the best Brolin performance I've seen all year. I think I texted that to you. <laughs> he did. Because there have been like three others or whatever. There's Thanos and Cable. Right. But my response was like, that's not hard to do. <laughs> Somewhere a Brolin. Not exactly. I didn't, didn't exactly love I, Brolin either film. So, you know. I love him in Avengers. Yeah, he's love, good in Avengers. I, love I don't know if I love him, but he's very, very good. Yeah, it's the best Brolin performance. There okay. is one shot in particular in the first, like, five minutes of the movie that is still stuck with me. Wow. It's really disturbing and thrilling and, like, god damn it. Uh, it's incredible. Um, so, I mean, see it, man. And all you, like, people with the stick up your ass, like, why, are, why is Hollywood politicizing the border issue? <laughs> it's like, go to hell, man. It's like, please, like this was written long before Trump started separating children from their parents. Okay, mm-hmm. like enough. Oh, yeah. I just can't stand how political the internet is these days. I, I, oh, dude, I've given up. I, I've, I've lost all hope. All it's right. really, it really, it really sucks. But you know, at this point, I'm just like, I'm just gonna go see a movie. I'm gonna go watch a movie like a normal human being because there's nothing wrong with that. Oh, I forgot another option. Oh yeah, Robin Williams, come inside my mind. Documentary about Robin Williams. Have you heard of it? No. Okay, good. Have you seen it? I have. <laughs> uh, How was it? Yeah, it's all right. Okay. Tully. Oh, Tully. Yeah, that's right. Charlize. Yeah. Brilliant. Okay. Brilliant in it. All right. Uh, directed by Jason Reitman. Uh-huh. Reitman? Reitman, yeah. Written by Diablo Cody. Ooh, so they're te- they they teamed up again. They teamed up again. They're, wow. Uh, they have not worked together since Juno. Mm-hmm. Now they're back. I have had an up and down relationship with both of those people. <laughs> <laughs> Why? What do you What do you not like from? Uh, I mean, I I have sort of an up and down relationship with Diablo Cody. Yeah, but um, I like Jason Reitman. Yeah, I like Up in the Air. Um, you don't like Juno? I I, I really Juno's I lo- okay. I love Juno. What about Thank You for Smoking? Uh, have never seen it. Mm. I've never seen Thank You for Smoking. Ooh, as a comm major, you would love it, Nico. Mm-hmm. Uh, Diablo Cody, let me look through her IMDb she, as of late. Did she write Jennifer's Body? Because she, if she did, that's a big, that's a big, uh, what's the word to describe it? A big fuck you to G- Diablo Cody? Okay, that's what I'll say. Cause she I did it. indeed write Jennifer's Body. Okay. She also wrote Young Adult with Charlize. I never saw that. Okay. The Magic Bracelet. Okay. Paradise. Ricky and the Flash, which I have seen. Um and and now Tully. So <sighs> you know, it's been a while. This is probably her best movie since Juno. Okay. I guess. I'm kind of damning with faint praise there. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Not gonna lie. Um Okay, so there's a uh, fuck. How can I talk about this? What do you mean how can you talk about there's this? There's a twist at the end of the movie. Uh, at the end of Tully? Yeah. There's a twist, Does and it... it is unnecessary as hell. Okay. Like, I was really into this movie for a little while. Charlize, again, is great in it. It is an uncompromising look at parenthood and motherhood and how tough that can be, and it's like, God damn it! like, this really makes me not want to be a parent. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's actually, like, a really compelling drama for a little while, and then all of a sudden there's this tacked-on twist that was completely unearned and makes no sense whatsoever and kind of ruined the whole thing for me. Wow. So if you go see Tully, which maybe you can rent Tully, it's out there on the VODs. Uh, there's like a big uh, incident involving a car. And when that happens, turn the movie off. And then you can just walk away thinking, wow, that was a really fun little movie. That was very sweet. But then if you stick around for the twist, like you're going to hate it. What is she like? Kill her daughter or something? No, she doesn't kill her daughter. It, it, what I, I, I just don't like when movies like feel the need to throw in the Sixth Sense or the Fight Club ending. <laughs> the Fight Club ending. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't. <laughs> it's like those movies. It's earned, man. Like yeah. the whole movie's leading up to the fact that Bruce Willis is dead, and all the Fight Club is leading up to the fact that Tyler Durden isn't real. And uh, mm. 
I don't know. I don't know. I'll, maybe I'll see it. It's not one that I was particularly interested in seeing. There's only a few that you mentioned that I was. It's Honestly, it's really just Sicario that I still want to see. That's about it. Yeah. So, you know. Very frustrating. Okay. Great performance from Charlize, though. All right. Great performance. I recently watched Assault on Precinct 13 <laughs> from 1976. That's the most recent film I've watched. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was really good. Yeah, it was really, really okay, good. Okay, you it's haven't got, got you, some awesome uh, John Carpenter music in there. You haven't so, yeah. ventured past 40 years ago, huh? <laughs> yes, Nico. Okay. I'm, I'm stuck in the past right now. 76 is the most contemporary you get. That's right. I recommend it. I recommend seeing it. It's pretty good. Okay. Good little low budget uh, thriller. Hereditary. Oh, yeah. Hereditary. <laughs> we saw a movie. We just walked out of this movie together. Only all. We went together. Um, you go. Oh, it's a... Uh, what, what do you want me to say? I want you to say whatever you're feeling. Oh, I loved it. I loved it. It was so good. <laughs> it was horrible <laughs> in every way. It was uncomfortable and, and, and disturbing, and it's got some of the most unforgettable horror imagery I've seen in a long time, and it's fantastic. <laughs> It's everything a horror movie should be. It's the kind of thing that you walk out of and you're freaked out by a month later. And there's some incredible performances and it's brilliantly shot and scored. And uh, did I say performances? I think I said performances already. But yeah, it's it's just it's a movie. Oh, it's a movie. It's a movie. It's in the theaters. There's actors in it. Yes. There's a director, there's a script, it's a movie. Oh, production design, I can't forget, oh my god, the production design in this fucking movie is incredible. And the and the use of its miniatures and how that sort of blends into the scene, how they're literally shots where I wasn't sure if it was supposed to be a miniature or the actual setting, which is excellent, kind of skews your perception of reality, which is constantly happening in this film. Um, <laughs> and, hmm, thematically... Yeah, thematically. So this goes without saying, <laughs> we're going to spoil the fuck out of this movie. So if you haven't seen it, um, don't listen. Or maybe listen and then save yourself the trouble. Sure. Spoiler warning right now. It's, it's, it's plastered onto your ears. There you go. That's what I was saying. There is... this. You said this to me on the drive home. There is... No less of a Nico movie than Hereditary. Oh, yeah. There is nothing made less for me than this goddamn fucking movie. Between Charlie and what happens to Charlie and when Charlie comes back and when things are crawling on walls and they're on ceilings and there's noises and there's spirits and there's nudity and there, none of this is for me. This is really fucking bad. There's also lots of ants and flies for you, Nico. Not a big fan of that at all. Do not like bugs on my body. Not a fan of that. <laughs> not a fan of, of guts. Not a fan of maggots. Maggots really bother me. <laughs> Beheadings really bother me. I like my heads on bodies. Yeah. Not a big fan of severed yeah. parts. You don't say. Don't but, like but, it. Yeah, yeah. Don't like it. I, I understand. Look, bro. Uh, I also said this to you. This is what happens when a little baby learns how to walk. And they take one too many steps and fall flat on their face. You need, I, to, you need to explain yourself. I thought I was warming up to horror movies. Mm -hmm. I really did. I thought like, oh, big boy Nico no longer shits his pants when he watches fucking Poltergeist. You know? Like, I'm a big boy now. Look at me, mommy. I can walk down the hallway by my... Ah! Before you know it, I'm playing on the stairs and I, I've fallen all the way to my death. I thought yeah. I had warmed up to horror. I watched A Quiet Place, and it's my favorite movie of the year. I loved it. I watched Don't Breathe. I watched It last year. I'm, I'm really starting to warm up to the whole thing. Get Out I loved last year, even though not really a horror movie. I've been warming up. I'm like, okay, now I can enjoy these things because as I realized, my pussiness was preventing me from seeing some great art. Yeah, that's right. There's a lot of great art in horror movies, and as long as I can train myself to get over it, I can really dig these things. And I'm like, yeah, let's go see Hereditary in a dark theater for two hours and ten minutes on Wednesday afternoon. And what do you know? 
18-month-year-old Nico has fallen flat on his face again. <laughs> I can't walk after all. And I'm, I'm the parent holding you afterwards like, let's go to McDonald's. I let's- am not. <laughs> I'm not watching any more of these things. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out on horror. I'm out. I don't want to. I'm not seeing your fucking Halloween movie. You're seeing the Halloween. I'm not. I am making you see the Halloween film. It's happening. I'm not seeing the Predator. I'm not seeing. (laughs) I'm not seeing it too. I'm not watching fucking Charlie Brown's Halloween anymore, man. I'm just uh, no more scary shit for Nico. It's over. It's over. Charlie ruined me. God damn it, Charlie. <laughs> God damn it, Charlie. Let's talk about Charlie. Charlie is a <laughs> demented little girl. Well, the well, she has problems, Nico. She has issues. She's she's Besides the fact that she's in this movie, yeah. We think she's a little mentally handicapped. Are you sure? I'm positive. Why do you say that? I just get the sense that it's it will it's her performance first of all. Right, it, no, I know. It, it, it's the way she. It's also the way she looks. Right. <laughs> no, she's got something going on with her face, but I'm not sure exactly what it is. She says like the, like one sentence things, you know, like like affirmations, like okay, I don't want cake. Well, she <laughs> can no. <laughs> yes, that's it. That's she says like three things. She's um. Can I sleep in the treehouse? She's a little bit of an oddball, I guess. I mean, she's a, a little, little bit, but well, a we, little bit, but don't she, 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 she scissors the, the fucking pigeon. Yeah, that wasn't a great look. Like normally kids don't do that for their arts and crafts projects. No. And they, they don't they don't stick the heads of pigeons on their arts and crafts. <laughs> <laughs> There's something wrong with this girl. The second that bird hit the window, the, she just peers at the scissors and says, I have a plan. Yeah, it's like, ooh, light bulb. This, this is a great idea. Oh, I, oh. Who thinks that way? It's like, it's like classmates, don't, don't worry, you're going to love this one. What is, uh, like, oh, what is up with heads coming off of bodies? I don't, like, who thinks that way? Well, if you do it right, it can be fairly effective, and that was certainly <laughs> true in this. It turns out, apparently yeah. that does get the job done. Yeah. Well, no, I guess what we find out at the end, not to get too ahead of ourselves, is that Charlie is like a a spirit, right? She's a, yeah, she's, she's a spirit trapped in a body. It's a little bit more than just the what we see on the paper, or on the page, rather. It's it, it, At least it becomes much more by the end of that. Okay. Yes, she's she's she's. God damn it! Should I just say what she? I guess. Well, it turns out at the end, Charlie, as we were experiencing her presence at the beginning of the film, turns out she's actually one of the eighth kings of hell, or she is the eighth. <laughs> the seven others i don't fucking know <laughs> they're around playing pool i know. didn't realize there were eight kings i thought just like the devil ran that shit that, that was the surprise where i was like what there are kings yeah what happened she, to old I, satan i don't fucking know oh are those what those names were written on the wall that's what i was thinking yeah like well when it said like satany yeah exactly that I mean, the first thing i thought of was like oh, this is going into some devil shit because it's right. like satany whatever the hell that was but right uh no i don't know what, where the other ones are it's just you know it's just a little element of the lore that didn't it didn't need to be explained i didn't really care uh-huh. it made it a little scary honestly just by the fact that it wasn't but you know there's the, apparently she is the eighth uh, uh king of hell and there's like seven others playing golf somewhere i don't know but you know that that's that's what's going on and she that that spirit has infected this this very unusual child and it's kind of passing through bodies as we learn to find as as we come to find out later on uh and it's absolutely morbid and and disturbing and it's it's oh god it's tragic (laughs) it's so uncomfortable It's, it's the most uncomfortable I've ever been in a movie theater. <laughs> it's so uncomfortable. We were sitting there, and, oh and Adam can God. attest to this. Like uh, a good ten percent of this movie was viewed through my shirt. <laughs> yep. Through, oh yeah. Through the stitches in my shirt, so yep. it was sort of at a muted tone, but I could tell what was going on. Uh, I, there were also many times where I covered my ears yeah. because I didn't want some sort of loud music cue to freak me out. You weren't going to get that loud music cue. No, it's true. We weren't. It was all going to be visual and it was all just going to sit there with you and, and terrify you just by its being. Which is why it's movie, this movie's so 
fucking good. Yeah. Uh. But let's just get right into this thing. Uh, we've talked about this before with horror movies. The best horror movies are the ones that scare you a month after you've yes. left the theater. Yes. It's not the ones that just manipulate you through jump scares. Exactly. And that is... I mean... Those are cheap scares. They're not... When was the last time like that was done excessively for you? Like uh, Excessive jump scares? Yeah. Ooh, to the point where I just, I just, I was like, "Fuck this movie." Yeah, it was it. No, it was. I say it. the The film it sort of. It, it was the, certainly the biggest issue with that film. But at the same time, I wasn't hating on the film because at least the jump scares weren't always false. Like it wasn't one of those stupid instances where a jump scare is used and then it's like. I don't know. It's like a ball hitting a window or something. Well, that know? movie was but, sort of just a collection of scary scenes. Yes, strung exactly. together. There wasn't much of like a through line. Exactly. It's, uh, it's, it's less, it's less coherent in that way, but right. you know, it's, it's more of a roller coaster kind of a horror film, but at least it, it's genuine in that way. Yeah. It's not, it's not, it's not as manipulative as something like, uh, the, my, my example, honestly, is the remake of, um, uh, a nightmare on Elm street. Okay. Where it's like every single, shot that is a, a quote-unquote scare is just a jump scare and, and that's just again a ball hitting a window it's it's yeah. it could be just loud noise to accentuate a, an otherwise not scary movement like freddie just opening his claws right you know string instruments yeah playing exactly. excessively yeah yeah wilhelm screams or whatever oh my god yeah yeah that that one was pretty awful that's this, the last one I can remember. This is, we realize this immediately. There's maybe only one or two pure jump scares in this movie. And one of them involves, again, a bird hitting a window. Yes. And the other is towards the end where the mother sort of pops out and starts chasing her son. But it, the, the, the reason I don't, I almost don't even consider that one a jump scare is because a jump scare happens and then it's done. Right. You know, this, the one where she runs after him is sustained later. It keeps going. Right. That's true. And that's just the start of it. Right. So it's just the beginning of something. It's just very, very sudden, and that's why it kind of feels like a jump scare, but then you keep feeling the the intensity of the situation. Right. There's just a constant state of unnerving. Of dread. It's it's similar. I mean it's not it's not exactly the same, but in it's it's the same idea of of the shining sustaining just a constant feeling of just oh it's just this just totally what I don't even know how to describe it. Well it's this palpable be- because and it's it's weird the shining is sort of similar to this movie in that it's a movie about a family falling apart yeah. and and the seeds of distrust being planted in certain members of that family mm-hmm. right in the shining it's uh the wife questioning her husband's sanity and the husband questioning why the hell he's there and what the hell he's supposed to be doing yes um in this one it's like a mom mad at her son because of what happened to her daughter and mad at her husband for not supporting her through it and the husband thinking that the wife is going crazy and the husband trying to take care of his son while at Mm. the same time trying to keep the whole family unit intact and that sort of it's it's what happens after a a loved one is lost like it's inevitably what happens when you take a family member out of a family like the rest of the unit falls apart because the whole cannot sustain when you lose that part but you see it in in just taken to the extreme and taken to a hyperbolic place <laughs> and it just is the most disturbing unrelenting non-stop just gut punch gut punch gut punch mm. gut punch to the point where i wanted to fucking run out of that theater it's just oh my god it's just constant dread there was not a single constant. moment of release nope like there was and okay the daylight came out and it was like we're outside nothing bad's gonna happen outside right but then, or we're in this apartment and they're having a nice conversation nothing could possibly happen here and the, and I just kept looking for that moment of release, and I never got it. No, I was going to say even the daytime scenes ends up end up transitioning, especially later in the film, to even worse shit sometimes. Right, <laughs> so, exactly. So I, I it's it's a perfect example of a movie that that plays on the idea of just making the audience vulnerable and never really giving them an inch, which yeah. is a big problem I have with a lot of horror films nowadays. There's just a lot of there's a lot of segments throughout every film that I end up seeing where you just feel very very safe. 
and I don't know when I when I see a horror film, I I don't want to feel safe. I really don't. I go in there because I want to feel get the thrill of being like genuinely scared. And as soon as that's lost, it can be a little uh, you know disappointing. It's why the Blair Witch Project is so good for me uh-huh. for similar reasons. It's just that no matter what happens in that film, about like twenty minutes in, it just never ever 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 lets up. Right, and you are just constantly. Just like like clawing your nails apart, <laughs> trying trying to to deal with just the, the 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 constant tension that's just pounding you over the head. But it's not really terror though. As much, I mean, there's certainly I don't know. There's scary shit, but it's also like you're there dealing with the grief of this family, yeah. and that's what's so difficult about it. It's that scene where. Charlie uh, loses her head. Mm. Uh, You've seen this movie if you're listening to this right now, but Charlie goes to a party with her brother. She eats some cake with peanuts in it. Her allergies start acting up. They drive to the hospital. The the brother is forced to swerve out of the way. Meanwhile, Charlie's sticking her head out the window to get some fresh air. And before you know it, Charlie makes contact with the fucking pole. And uh, Charlie, now sans head, uh, (laughs) is in the back seat. Um... When you're sitting there and the brother is putting together exactly what happened, it just holds on his face with, a, again, one of the fewer but very, very effective uses of a close-up. That's right. another thing I can talk about. Right. Excellently and very, very clever uses of the, the cinematic technique with using close-ups. They don't overdo it at all. In fact, most of it is filmed in wides brilliantly. Mm-hmm. But when they do choose to just focus on a character's emotions during a scene like this one... Oh, God. That was like... Oh, and it goes on forever. Horrifically effective. Jesus it was, Christ. It, it was probably the most effective moment of the movie for me, because I'm thinking about it, that is exactly how I would react. Yeah. That's no, exa- exactly. Right? That, that's exactly what I thought. Like, because I, 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 like, I, I... If you... At first glance, you would think, okay, it's time to jump up, check on your sister, and make sure she's okay. But he knew there's no possible way she was okay. Like, he knew right at that moment, I am responsible for my sister's death, yep. and I'm going to buy time and try not to experience that grief as long as possible. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to bide my time and just pretend like nothing happened, go to bed, and I'll deal with it tomorrow. <laughs> That's exactly what this is. That's exactly what you would do. Right, because you wouldn't want to deal with it right then. It was so real. That's that, I, I agree, because that's the thing I was thinking about, because they could have gone in the direction where he just freaks out, which you probably would eventually. Yeah. But like, I've had moments where I, I've done something really stupid, obviously not quite to that extent. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I've done something... <laughs> I've done something very, very stupid, and then afterwards I'm just sitting, and I don't, I, I don't really freak out or do anything. I'm just like sitting, sitting with myself and my thoughts, and just peace and quiet. Right. And in my head, it's just like replaying, like what the fuck, man, you know, just over and over and over again to the point where you just, you just break down. Right. That's a, because you know someone's gonna get pissed off in like ten hours. Yeah. And so you let c- them get pissed off in ten hours. I'm not gonna do that exactly. all myself now. And there's nothing you can do about it. That's right. the, that's the weird part. Just the the hopelessness of that situation. Exactly. And then. Uh, but one of my favorite shots in that is actually not not um him um actually uh just sitting there just 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 letting his emotions just, like whirl around in his head. It's when um it cuts to his perspective of him looking to the mirror but then he looks away. Right. I, that is right. Oh, I love that yes. little touch so fucking much. That's that's about the most human moment. Yep. <laughs> I've seen in and this he also film. says something like are you he, he almost says are you okay but he then almost, stops himself. Are you okay? Right. It's like that. It's like, yeah, oh, that's right. There's nothing I can possibly do here. No. Yeah. And any any bit that I try is just going to be in vain and it's only going to add to more pain. So let me shield myself from that for as long as I can. Mm. Holy fuck, that stuff is terrible. And and it, it almost makes me hate the ending a little bit more, if I'm being totally honest with you, because it feels like there was some stuff tacked on at the end. And I get like, that's that's the movie you want to make and I'm not going to, uh, you know, fault someone for making the movie that they want to make. But it's like, just make that family drama. It's like, just make that, like make a paranoid, uh, do you have to introduce the supernatural element? Like, can't, can't you just sort of hint at the supernatural element without going for it as hard as they went for it? Like that to me just sort of, it didn't ruin the whole thing, but it cheapened it almost. It cheapened Mm. what was going on with that family. It did it. Yeah, it did a little bit for Mm. me. It did. You don't, don't feel the same way. No. How do you feel about the? It doesn't ending? have to be. I mean, did, is it just because of a stigma towards 
that kind of idea in movies in general? It might be. Because I don't have a problem because more often than not, I see them not go for it. Every once in a while, I'm just like, just just make a movie about a witch. Right. And then you get the witch and it's fucking incredible. You know, it's like I, I don't I sometimes I mean, I want ambiguity with some of the themes at times. I want some some mystery going on between the family. But if they want to commit to a premise like they do in The Witch, go for it. But they, they choose to make it about that, but also make it more about family turmoil and, and paranoia. And it's just brilliant. So because the movie is about family turmoil. Yeah. Like all of the stupid plot devices with the grandma and the shit that was in the books and all that random ass exposition. To me, like, that didn't mean anything to me. Like, it was literally gibberish. It certainly rang the most hollow for me as well. It didn't feel like it was out of place, though, I guess. I guess not. I mean, it's a, with everything that does happen in this movie and the, the constant motif with that symbol <laughs> that, that shows up on the pole, of course. It's just, for me... And I and I don't necessarily want the movie to all be taking place in Tony Collette's head. That no, was, I don't want that, that, that sort of thing. That was the biggest thing I, I was I was freaked out about. I was like, if this movie seriously goes there, I'm 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 not going to be happy because that shit is more frustrating. Don't get me wrong, but at the same time, if you don't, if you go so out there, it's hard to stay grounded in the family drama. Like it's hard to really care about this daughter's loss when this is all just a bunch of playthings in the devil's toy box i guess it doesn't matter they sell it they do yeah okay <laughs> i don't care <laughs> i suppose i suppose what other moments stuck with you uh well we got to talk about the dinner scene yes we got to talk about the dinner scene yes let's talk holy about the dinner shit scene. <laughs> talk about a a scene that goes from zero to a hundred in half a second exactly holy shit does this go somewhere i also feel um, like that might be a conversation that would happen and I don't know if it would exactly be in that way or if it would go said or unsaid, but you know these characters are thinking it. I don't know if it would go to that level of hysteria or or anger and frustration <laughs> and, and anyone saying the amount of things that she has to say to her son. But wow, I, I, I was sort of expecting it to happen eventually, but I don't know, not in that way. But this is a good thing. I'm not, I'm not faulting the film at all because, whoa, is, does that scene work? Not only does that scene work, but once Tony Collette leaves the room... The way that Gabriel Byrne comforts his son. Comfort in quotes. In, in very heavy quotations. The way that he holds his hand. You almost expect him to say I love you, but doesn't say I love you. Because it's both like at the same time support for his son, but also a tacit agreement with his wife. Mm-hmm. Like he's sort of feeling the exact same thing, but he feels incredibly torn. I actually think Gabriel Byrne is incredible in this movie. Oh, yeah. And I hadn't seen him in forever. It's nice to see him do this again. When was the last time you saw him in anything? I, I don't know. It's got it. I can't think of anything past Usual Suspects. I think he might have been on some HBO show or something. Yeah, I thought so, too. I thought he did some television, but that was about it. I haven't seen him in a movie in a long time. Yeah, I haven't... Uh, I mean, Miller's Crossing is, he's brilliant in that. But, yes, I agree. Uh, let, let me check his old IMDb page then. Let me see what he's been I love in. Miller's Crossing. He has done TV, 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 B-horror movie, B-horror movie. He's working though. Really? The dude works. Wow. I haven't heard of any of these, but the dude works. <laughs> yeah, All the right. last thing that I recognize here is Usual Suspects. Yeah, that's pretty nuts. Wow. Uh, no, I think he's like really good in this movie as the husband, again, that's trying to do the right thing, but also is experiencing a tremendous amount of grief. And it's hard because Tony Collette is all over the place and the movie just sort of allows her to do her thing when he has to emote in the quiet moments. Mm-hmm. And he does a great job in that when he's st- sitting there at the traffic light and he just starts breaking down mm-hmm. when he's having dinner, when they do the seance in the middle of the night oh, yeah. and they're conjuring up the spirit of their daughter or just when he has to get to the attic for her. Right. But my favorite was when, uh, she gets up because, um, uh, she wants to go to the treehouse, and he's telling her it's too cold outside. Right. I really, really like that little moment. Yeah. It's a thankless role. Um, and it's one that gets overshadowed quite easily, but he, he was really good in it. Um, and that scene where he was just sort of sitting there afterwards with his son, it's like, what do you say in a moment like that? It's weird. I agree though. And and they, 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 I don't, they don't, I well, maybe they shove it in your face, but they make it even more obvious when that scene ends and it just ends with, it, it just holds on that shot of them just sitting there. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, th- th- that's the other thing about this film is that there's that constant technique where it just holds on a moment that I was talking about. And that's one of the things I love so much about this is that more often than not, films don't don't choose to to really let the audience sit with what has just happened. Right. And it's a big detriment to a film. It's it's why I, I criticize a lot of Christopher Nolan a right. lot of time because he has a big issue with that because he to me he over edits his films and he doesn't let that scene play out the way that it should right but in a scene like this especially the dinner scene it just it's there's nothing there's nothing that makes the experience feel more real and believable than just letting the audience come to terms with what just happened like i just said and it's 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 it, it, constant throughout the film it's always happening and it just makes the film all the more tense and frightening because of that it's true i mean life doesn't happen like that when a moment happens to you you don't process it until several minutes maybe no. hours after the moment no. we didn't really even go over what tony collette does to her son right we, we ba- basically <laughs> how, how best to explain this i mean we, we sort of went over how her son Peter is pretty much responsible for the death of the daughter because, you know, obviously he was driving a little erratic and she had her head out the window and knocked the head off. Great. Um, <laughs> so the mother obviously blames him for this and basically bitches him out for, for yelling at her and not giving her the respect that she deserves and saying, yeah, well, fuck you, kid. You're, you're basically responsible for what happened and you should accept that fact instead of being a fucking asshole. Right. You know. Which is really fucked. <laughs> yes, it is. I mean, that is some fucked up shit. That oh. is cold as hell. What did you think about Tony Collette in this movie? I this love Tony Collette. You're sort of like you got some mixed feelings. I thought this was this is one of the better performances I've seen this year. There is some unintentional comedy in this. Um, some of it involves Charlie. Um, <laughs> her whole presence, although she's like perfectly cast mm. like i could not pick a kid at a central casting that is more suited for this demented demon role yeah than, oh yeah than that little girl um but there are just some moments and they mostly involve tony collette going off the handle that to me were a little too funny like yeah. i i the moment where she sleepwalks into the kid's room and says i never wanted to be your mother and this is in a dream obviously and then like covers up her mouth in sort of uh like I love Lucy. I just can't I can't believe I just said that to you, Ricky. Like the, it it just felt very sitcommy to me. And I found myself <laughs> laughing uncontrollably for some reason when that happened. Right. Uh and there were just a lot of moments where because she's running around and she's having this mental breakdown and she's outside chasing down the car saying like, what happened? What happened? <laughs> you know, sort of like that video of the Eagles fan running through the subway chasing after the, the train and he just slams right into the pole. Like I kept wa- expecting that to happen. It, it was just a little too over the top. And I'm not saying it wasn't a great performance because it's a it's a tough performance that requires you to go over the top at times. Um I just found myself laughing. I don't know. That was, stuff didn't ring true. Was well, I don't know. Was that on her the the director? I don't know. Could have been. I mean, obviously it's a it's a dual effort. Yeah. I suppose. Any performance is a dual effort. Yeah. Uh it it so it she doesn't show as much restraint as some of the other characters on screen. I guess, but I don't think it's appropriate for her to show restraint. <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> I would be honestly. It would it would make far less sense if she showed. I, I thought she showed a fair amount of it at the beginning. Yeah, and that's sort of the point with the mother. But then it just becomes like uh, absolutely chaotic when when uh, Charlie dies, right. and appropriately so. Honestly, I can't I can't properly. <laughs> the The thought of my child finding my child in the back of my car with no head yeah i don't exactly know how i would yeah (laughs) how would you feel nico i'm not quite sure i guess that's the challenge of this movie (laughs) this movie does such horrible things to its characters it's impossible to dream up what the reaction would be yeah so at that point i'm just like movie just do what you want to do i guess i don't know i coming off a we need to talk about kevin and coming off of uh, you were never really here, which are these incredible Lynn Ramsey character studies that deal with grief. I just found like the Tilda Swinton performance, and we need to talk about Kevin a lot more compelling than this. Sure, and both are they ha- both are playing the same thing, aren't they? I don't know. You don't think so? I don't know. I mean, both are spoiler alert dealing with the loss of a child at the hand of their other child. Yeah, and feeling immense anger for uh, that loss. 
you can play it that way, but I don't think either extreme is is wrong in this case. No? Yeah, it just depends on how the artist feels when they're crafting those scenes. And honestly, it makes sense. It feels perfectly right, and we need to talk about Kevin. But at the same time, the other extreme is Tony Collette, and it feels perfectly right in uh, Heredity. So it's hard to, I know, it's hard to compare, honestly. I don't, I I, they don't, they, they also just don't feel like the same character at all. No, definitely not. No, that's the other thing. Definitely not. Yeah. yeah this mom's a little cuckoo. Well, she, you know, she's an eccentric, she's an, she's an artist herself. That's true. She makes models, which is kind of a big uh, through line motif throughout the film. Yeah. What, so you suspect that that was like supposed to blur the line between reality and, and just and, from the opening shot, especially because that's literally what happens. Right. But, you know. And it's always best to, to start by what's literally going on screen in order to f- analyze it. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. There's probably a lot of ways that you could take that. The fact that like these spirits are playing with this house as though the, that that house is its plaything. Pretty much. You know, well. that sort of, in, in that same way, it's like the, the little models that are just pawns yep. for the for gods and the spirits and the kings. And for the, an ultimately much greater purpose. Right. Right. That sort of thing. Um, yeah. Ugh. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, man. It, it's just, to me, I just had a really hard time. I just had a really <laughs> hard time watching this. Did you and get- I, I, I get that it was effective, and I get that it did its job well, um, but man, I did not want to spend any more time with this movie. <laughs> did you think it was a good movie? I mean, it did a good job. It, it did what it was supposed to do. Because I, I think this is a, a, a absolutely brilliant film. I mean, a lot of, <laughs> but I see a lot of movies that do what they're supposed to do, but what they're trying to do is not all that admirable. I think me. it is admirable here, though. Yeah, it's not. It's this is not a a, a Pink Flamingos thing, okay? <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not comparing that. I, it's not Sharknado. It's not a movie I want to spend time with. It's not a movie I want to revisit. That's fine. Like, to me, this is a, one very bad date, and, like, I'm not going to call again. Well, what do you call Schindler's List? I would much rather revisit Schindler's List. Okay, but you don't want to. And also, like, Schindler's <laughs> List left me on a note of hope and, and optimism. Okay. As sad and depressing as that movie is. Sure. Like, I walked out of Schindler's List thinking about the world in a fairly positive way. And I, I didn't, get- in Hereditary. That's fine. Like, I just thought, like, oh, hell seems like a bad place. You really never wouldn't s- want to hang out with those guys. <laughs> <laughs> You've never just seen a bleak film and, and you're like, that's, that's, that's not a phenomenal film? I can't help the fact that I'm sitting in the theater playing on my phone because I wanted an escape from this movie. <laughs> like, I, I, I'm just like, I would rather read some tweets right now. Let's, let's see what the president's up to. Like, I would way rather do that than watch this thing. It's working on you. Oh, it's definitely working. There's no question it's working yeah. on me. But just every bit of it was just so goddamn uncomfortable. Everything with the friend. So what happened with the friend? Can we try to unpack exactly the plot of this movie? It's hard, man. I don't know. Like it's, what precisely happened here? Because I'm a little unclear. Which friend? The, the friend she runs into at the AA for dead children. Oh, she was uh, trying to r- round up her family in order to like basically... St- get it so that the the payment god who's the name of the actual hell dude uh-huh could actually embrace peter's spirit that's all she was trying oh, to that's do. why she wanted them all at the house at the same time yeah she said to him you have that you have to do this yeah. in order for it to work and basically laying out the pieces like joker style right okay i could see that and the grandmother what does she have to gain from this the grandmother yeah they made that that's the the most confusing point they were did the grandmother need to exist like she's the one that set this all into motion but she wrote to her daughter she's like just forgive me for everything i did it's all gonna pay off eventually i think it it was a step was it meant to establish the connection between the grandmother and charlie I guess that's all I could gather from that at all. I didn't fully understand why the grandmother plotline was as necessary. That's why. That's why this, all the stuff that she uncovers in the scrapbook was kind of the weaker elements right. for me personally. And also, like, what was Charlie chasing down in the beginning of the movie when she went outside barefoot? Well, that's the thing. That's the only connection that we have for her and her relationship with her grandmother. What is that is that her that grandmother there? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, that's her out out of the grave. Yeah. Okay, I didn't notice. No, obviously. Not. I couldn't make out who that was. Were you too scared? Yeah, I was terrified. You I, fucked. I didn't want to know. Anytime this movie 
showed you someone's face looking at something, <laughs> I shuddered whenever the cut was going to happen. Like I was terrified of that because I didn't want to know what they were looking at. Mm-hmm. I just saw their horror before I saw the thing that I was going to be horrified yeah. at. And that anticipation like made it way, way worse on me. Exactly. It, it's so like, and you know what? That's what the movie often did. It would tip its hand in a very smart way. Like when she's sitting there at the grief counselors meeting and she says to everyone, yeah, my grandma, she made my brother commit suicide because she got in his head. Um, and and uh, now that's that's my life. And that was her life. I'm like, oh, shit. Like there's going to be some suicide going on and I'm not going to enjoy it. You know, and and we don't know. It doesn't exactly reveal the plot of the movie, but it gives you enough details to dread what's coming. Oh, yeah. You know, it's sprinkling those pieces so so that they're a little more impactful later. Otherwise, other than just telling you everything that happens, which is a big problem. Again, I always go back to this, but big problems with horror movies nowadays is there's that exposition scene that tells you everything you're basically going to know later on, which this movie does, by the way, at times, at times. But it's not it doesn't feel as uh I don't know. It's not as annoying as it as it usually is. Mm. Not even close. It's like that other scene where they're at the party and she sees the knife cutting the cake and you're like, what the fuck's going to happen with this knife? Oh, I, I saw... Well, they saw... They showed the nuts and I was like, oh, God. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, God. She's going to get the nuts and right. shit's going to go down. Except I didn't expect the scene to end up where it ultimately ends up. <laughs> not even close. <laughs> <laughs> this movie has such like a lack of chill. It's crazy. Uh, yes and no. <laughs> like, like, just like, I don't know, man. Just like paralyze her for the rest of her life like i'm cool with her in a wheelchair don't make that poor girl lose her head no let her lose her head uh, that's what i would do jesus christ and the fact that they lingered on the shot of her head i know uh, and then it comes back at the end uh, oh my god the fucking head oh jesus that final shot or that other scene she's talking to the uh, friend what's the friend's name annie no annie's tony collette's joanne is it joni joni I think, I think it was Joanne. Okay. And then it kind of becomes Joanne. as kind of a, a, a creepy little. Oh, nod. I see. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Got it. But she's like, she's telling him like, uh, yeah, I once slept walked and I almost set my son and my daughter on fire. <laughs> it's like, oh God, I don't want that Chekhov's gun to come back into the equation here. Of course it's going to come back. Like it's I'm good. A, but again, not in the way I was expecting it to. <laughs> but it was such a sense of constant dread. And yes. that's what it was. And, it rem- again, it kind of reminds, reminds me of The Shining in that way. But it's so bizarre that they didn't need any jump scares. And I guess by that logic, it's a great movie and I admire and appreciate the movie. But my Lord, is it uncomfortable to sit through? It's just so... Um, it's it's like the... You're waiting for something to happen and when it happens, it's fucking worse. <laughs> Than you think it's going to be. Oh, yeah. So, like, you're sitting there and you're like, okay, man, it's going to really suck when this mom lights her whole family on fire. <laughs> Turns out, no. That's not what ha- not really what happens. No, not at all what's going to happen. So Instead, like, she's going to fucking saw her head off with a wire with some chicken rope. Like, what the hell, man? What the hell, movie? It's great, though. Like, no, that's, seriously. That's what, that's what you should do. Like, take it down a level. Because there was a part of me that's like, well, obviously, she's going to burn up the rest of her family and the house and all that other shit. It's right. All, it's all going to go up in flames. And then, no, that's not exactly. It doesn't. It's, it's, it's so refreshing to see a horror film that is constantly subverting what you thought was going to happen. Not totally, but in just the right ways to the point where I am just constantly unnerved and uncomfortable. But not it's sub- great. not subverting it in a way where it's like you think a good thing's going to happen yeah. and a bad thing happens. No. Subverting it in a way where you think a bad thing's going to happen but- and a fucking horrifying thing happens <laughs> yes. instead. Exactly. Like that is a level of like fucked up I could not ever envision. Like that's so crazy that uh. that, that movie does that. It's like yeah, you thought thought we were gonna go there well we're going here instead <laughs> you thought we were crossing the line turns out there was no line to begin with it's exactly you never know what's gonna happen it's that fi- the fear of the unknown i th- it's perfect it's honestly perfect to go into to a movie like that and just be like yeah i i don't know what's really gonna happen and then when they go there and they just keep one-upping themselves oh it's just so satisfying who's oh the guy God. that directed this movie ari ass answer ashner and what has he done nothing Ari Aster. Aster, Aster. He's directed eight movies, and they're all short. I was going to say they're all short films. 
Yes. And so A24, those bastards, gave him a license to do whatever the hell he wanted to do here. Thanks, A24. Hey, I'm happy. <laughs> what happened to A24's rule of keeping everything under an hour 45? That was the weird thing. How long was this movie? Two hours, seven minutes. Yeah, this is one of the longest films they've ever released. I think it might be their longest film. Wow. Because, again, they had a rule. It was like, I think it, it was not even 90 minutes. It was like 100 minutes or less. No. That, that's what it was. This one went way over the line. Huh? And man, I kept wanting them to stop. <laughs> so, why are you breaking your rule now? <laughs> what else did you like about this movie? We've gone over most of what I liked. Uh... Uh, I I briefly talked about it, but I really, really loved uh, the score. Yeah. I really loved the use of music in this. Was, Not much music, though. No, it's subtle, subtle music. But again, it's, it's, it's kind of weak. It's, it, it almost kind of reminded me of something that um, Trent Reznor would have composed. Okay. Honestly. But that's another reason why I like it. I just love that style and how it's applied to, to any sort of scene. So I thought it was pretty effective in, in throughout most of the film. So that's yeah, and I, I, it's like I've already gone over about how wonderfully shot this movie is, and how smart they are with holding on on certain images, and also very very smart with how they use close-ups. There's also a lot of symmetry, yeah, which is very unnerving. Yeah, it's every shot is composed with this perfect attention to detail, mm-hmm. and it's it, which makes it even worse when shit goes wrong in the scene. Oh you yeah, know, it's it's because everything is so beautiful and that house is so immaculate and every room is so clean and every shot is so clean. Where the second you see a severed head, it's like holy fuck, that's fifty times worse than I even thought it was going to be. Yep. that's what this movie does. It ratchets up and up and up and up to the point where yeah, that's what I was saying. <sighs> I love I love the moment when. Uh, he jumps out the window at the very end because he's just so horrified by what he's seeing in his attic with the naked people and his mom cutting her head off <laughs> with the wire. <laughs> but here's the thing. If you didn't see this movie, like how weird does that sentence sound? <laughs> like how fucking out there did you just sound right now? Oh, guys, you got you to gotta see this movie. He's, he's actually underselling the scene. Oh, yeah. Oh, like, you're not, not even, <laughs> even doing it justice. No. It's way more weird and disturbing than that. I'm fine with underselling it. <laughs> I mean, that. who is that figure sitting or standing in the door frame oh, who's naked and just sort of smiling? I don't know. Nothing worse than a smiling naked man in the dark. <laughs> Nothing worse than that. Nico They're all is, so happy. Nico has seen his fair share of smiling naked men. In no, many, man. I have a bad experience <laughs> with smiling naked men in the corner of my bedroom. Not a fan of that at all. As I was saying, <laughs> when he jumps out the window and he hits the ground, you can still hear the sound of his mom cutting the head right! off. Right! <laughs> <laughs> It's so fucked up. Oh, it's so horrible. You know, that's what I love about. I actually thought the sun was really good in this movie too. But it's something. It's not Nat. Is it Nat Wolf? There's. Oh, is that who that is? Well, Nat Wolf was in Death Proof, but it's his brother. What the hell is his name? Alex Wolf. Alex Wolf. Oh shit! He was in the Naked Brothers Band. Oh my god! Holy shit! Oh wow, you're right. Wow! Oh, that's right. Wow! <laughs> well, that's a revelation. He was. Oh, Alex. Oh, how far you've fallen. He was also in Jumanji. The new one? Oh, Enter he was the in jungle. the new one. He was also in Patriot's Day, which is very good. And he was in My Friend Dahmer? Yep, I know that. He was in that movie Thoroughbreds that came out this year. Which and, I heard was good. And um, actually, he was in that show, In Treatment, that Gabriel Byrne was in. Oh. There you go. It all comes full circle. Yes. I did not like the fact that Naked Brothers Band, uh, what, what what they did to that poor kid. No. But, but my God. I mean, I love at the end, he had had enough exactly at the moment when I had had enough. It's like for him, yeah, I can deal with my mom sawing her head off. I can deal with all the bugs and the dead carcasses, and I can deal with the fact that my father has burned up in the in the family den, and I can deal with the fact that I cut my sister's own head off with my vehicle. What I can't deal with is those three fucking naked guys <laughs> staring at me in the corner, 
peace out, Holmes. Like, he jumped out the window. It's like, I've had enough. And at that moment, I was like, thank God you killed yourself, dude. Like, but, thank Christ. But then it doesn't end there, though, Nico. No, it keeps going. Yeah, I know. And then they go into the treehouse. The mom's, the mom's body floats up into the treehouse, and it's headless. And he goes up, and there's a bunch of naked people bowing down to a, to a weird shrine with Charlie's severed head on the top, and it's all rotted. It's whole ah! Charlie! <laughs> we forgot to mention that Charlie's spirit has now infected Peter, and Peter is essentially what Charlie was. Yes. Now he's finally in a male body because yes. the spirit has been looking for a male body. Yes. The female form apparently is not to his liking. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Um, turns out, yeah, he's the devil or whatever. He's the, basically a devil. He's the king of hell. And now he can assume his rightful throne. Exactly. And then the movie ends with that wide shot that looks like a miniature. Again, kind of comes full circle again. It's nice. It's got that old-timey, creepy aspect ratio, like that 4-3 thing, that full-screen look. Right. <laughs> it's so good. This movie's so goddamn good. Goddamn fucking Charlie. <laughs> this, is this another, like, call me by your name? <laughs> Where you're like... What are you talking about? I don't <laughs> like it, but it's a good movie. I hope... Yes, okay. yes, yes. That's exactly what this okay. is. It's like, I appreciate everything that movie did, and I just hate the fact that it exists. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it is because i was like you wouldn't watch call me by your name again would no you? yeah not in a heartbeat no i wouldn't no. that's exactly what this is i appreciate what it was trying to do just don't do it anymore <laughs> that's all uh, please we need more horror films like this just stop <laughs> every horror film sh- that gets made should be exactly stop like this we need it. more we have a nice list here we have the witch we have it follows we have the babadook and uh, we, I would probably lump It Comes a Night in there. And now we've got our good old uh, Hereditary. Yeah. Watch The Witch. Watch The Witch, Nika. Man, that girl was so good in this, though, wasn't she? Yeah, she was. She was so good. Every time you see her, it's just... How about just... when she's eating the chocolate at the funeral? It, it made me want to get chocolate. <laughs> It made me want to never eat chocolate again. That's wow. what I want. She well, just standing there, just in this like creepy but also hilarious and off-putting way. I was gonna say she's there eating fucking chocolate <laughs> and then just nibbling away. And then the they come is like that has nuts in it, and then he's like, "No, it doesn't. Does that have nuts in it? Because we don't have the epipen." Right. <laughs> that was a funny scene. Yeah, that was pretty good. That, that was, was pretty funny. good. Yeah, I mean, just like make me laugh, and uh, you know, like uh, don't don't make me want to run out the theater. That's all. Sometimes you need that stuff in your life. I'm going to watch so many romantic comedies in the next week. <laughs> it's going to be crazy. I'm yeah. just going to... Uh, just terrible. Okay. Uh, any, wow. Any other thoughts on Hereditary? I thought it was a, a wonderful film. It's one of my favorites of the year. Go see it if you if you have the stomach. It's already one of your favorites of the year, huh? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I haven't seen as many movies, but that's, that's easy to say. Okay. Uh, Mission Impossible. Hmm colon what's it called fallout fallout that's a dumbass name but apparently it's a good movie yeah it's getting hella good reviews and i'm a bit skeptical i have to admit i mean the the again it's another one of those instances where people are calling it like one of the greatest action films ever made and every time that happens i'm just like shut right. up right, right shut up just let me enjoy the movie before yes. you've already put it on mount rushmore so fucking obnoxious i mean cause it's a I don't know. Maybe it's because it's a Mission Impossible film, but I don't dislike the Mission Impossible films. I just didn't think they were known for being like that good. Yeah. No, they've been getting better. Like, I well, I mean, Ghost Protocol is a lot better than Rogue Nation. Yeah, but Rogue Nation's pretty good though too. Yeah, it's not bad. I, I like Rogue Nation. This one we're gonna see this weekend, and we'll give a review some time prob- next week. I'm probably seeing it tomorrow. Oh, good. Yeah. Good. Great. How? How? IMAX. Oh, okay. Sweet. Yeah. Uh okay, so that's that. We'll Ed- do that, and and then we're we're back, guys. Don't worry. Yeah, <laughs> I know it's been a little while. I texted Adam last night. That's the only reason we saw this. Yeah, because it's like we need to get a podcast out. At some so point. it's really all your fault. It really is my fault. <laughs> so well, I don't know. You shouldn't be mad at me if you are. You're not mad at me at all. But. I wanted to see Leave No Trace. That's what I wanted to see. Oh, uh, the, the 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 fucking what the hell's his name? Who's in that? The guy from Hell or High Water. God, what the, I always forget Ben Foster. Ben Foster. Ben Foster. Yes. I always forget his name. He's really good. Very underrated actor. Yeah, I wanted to see that one. Yeah, I would have seen uh, Sorry to Bother You, but then I was like, oh, wait, I actually still need to see Hereditary. Right. And so maybe we'll see all those pretty soon, too. Yeah. We have this movie pass that we, we're not using. We You're not to... using. I don't have mine. 
Mine ran out, dude. What do you mean it ran out? It was a three-month thing. Oh, you didn't re-up? No. Oh. No. Why didn't you re-up? Uh, I forgot my password and needed a new credit card or some crazy shit. I didn't like their website. So? It was obnoxious to navigate that shit. It's free movies. I don't care. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll get out there soon. Don't yeah. worry, kids. Anything else? Um, James Gunn takes. Oh, um, speak now, or forever hold your peace. No, okay, <laughs> no takes. I'm cool with that. No, it's fine with me. I'm done with takes. <laughs> Good. Too many thoughts. Media.com or TMT.media. Adam might be done giving his thoughts today, but we're never done giving thoughts on that website. TMT.media for why is this a thing? The Nico Show, cultured, etc., etc. At Cetera, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher. We're all over the place. Tweet us. I'm at Funny Nico Tweets. You're at some Adam Hall. Mm-hmm. You tweet every once in a while, right? Every once in a while. Yeah. You can get his film-related tweets if yeah. you're into his film-related opinions. They're the only opinions that matter anymore. Mm, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> uh, and and uh Yeah. Good. Until next time. Happy movie hopping. <laughs> <laughs>